Hello again, we're live from Infotech 2016 covering a lot of the keynote and session speakers that are available here in Omaha at Infotech. I'm here with Chance Irvine. Chance, thanks for coming out and uh, being, this is number two for you, right? Yeah. On the interview here. Yeah. We, you were here last, was it last Infotech? I think it was Infotech? two years ago. Two, two years, years ago. ago. Yep. Talking a little bit about proxy bid. You're here uh, kind of talking about cloud computing, mid Correct. Midwest cloud computing. Uh, let's dig in a little bit before we do that. Let's a little bit about you. Give us your background again, where you're from, what you do, those kinds of things. You bet. So I'm dual hatted here today. Uh, my full time role at uh, ProxyBid is Director IT Operations and Infrastructure. I'm also here with Midwest Cloud Computing, uh, uh, basically a side gig. Uh, everything's on the up and up. Everybody knows. <laughs> they're all aware. So of it. they're all aware. <laughs> Um, so no surprises, I'm not leaving ProxyBid. Um, but uh, here today talking about the cloud, uh, my, my experience beyond that was that I'm uh, director of MIS at uh, Airlight Plastics and at West Corporation for about a decade prior to that. So I'm, I'm pushing 20 years in the industry now. The past five years at ProxyBid's really been, uh, the key thing is moving our platform uh, from traditional colo and in-house resources to the cloud. Right. So that's the experience behind uh, that I have behind me. And then with Midwest Cloud Computing, uh, it's an opportunity to go out and consult with folks who are they're, they're toying with or they're tormented by the idea, how do, I, how do I push this out to the cloud because my business leadership and other reasons are pushing me that way. How do I do it without losing control, doing it in a, in a, in a compliant manner if you have high compliance? And, and what I have for them is it can be done. There's just ways you got to walk through it. Um, I think the cloud is for everyone, but I don't think the cloud is for everything you have. Right. And you just got to pull that apart. And we're going to discuss some of those things in the panel today. Yeah, and we'll ask you a little bit about that. But who is Midwest Cloud Computing? So how, as an entity, what does it do? Why does it exist? Those kinds of things. Sure. So I've uh, partnered up with Jay Guerin. He was former CIO of American National Bank most recently. Mm -hmm. He left the bank last year. He started up Midwest Cloud Computing and in, in uh I've talked with him over the past year, and there's we just had some synergies there. And the intent is just to help folks get educated. How do you move there? Some folks don't even care how. They just got to set something up, and they don't want to worry about it. They got a business idea, and they know it involves technology, and they just don't want to deal with it. We can we can play that role as well. We can take on that administration and deployment and uh, just get that in place for them and, and be their IT department, if you will, if that's what they need. We're going to do that through the appropriate cloud provider that's out there. We're, we're, not, we're not setting up our own facilities. We're not doing the hardware ourselves. We're helping broker for that customer. Mm -hmm. Where's the right place for you? Sometimes it's more than one, depends on the workloads involved. Um, and then inside of that, we're doing some virtual CIO, CTO services. Uh, some medium and smaller companies, they can't really uh, stomach bringing in that higher executive, but they know they need that guidance, but they only need it for a short time, get them on the right track. And then the IT leadership they have, they can have that uh, bigger picture support over time through those virtual CIO services. Yeah, we talked, we had Teresa Payton here. Okay. Uh, and she was talking about that. Sometimes you companies are small enough, they just need to hire a part-time CIO, so right. to speak, to help make some of those decisions. And so uh, Midwest would be a company where I could, I could purchase those kinds of you bet of and, and jay and i are are going to directly support some of those but someone may get into a a scenario where well our specialties here well you know what jay and i especially out there but we have a series of people that are specialists in certain areas still in it but it may be in medical maybe in manufacturing i have a little bit of manufacturing but some of our other partners that we can bring in 
to you. I mean, it's still Midwest cloud computing as far as you're concerned, but we're going to source in the right CIO right. background to your situation. You, um, When we think of cloud computing, we think of Amazon, we think of Azure. Are there yep. other players in the space from a rack space, but are there other players in there that uh, that you guys are working with? Certainly. Uh, in our in our key focus is what's right for your business need. Mm -hmm. Now, could be a Google, could be uh, could be a company no one's heard of. And there's several players out there. They have cloud service. They specialize in certain areas. Uh, there's a group in, in Des Moines that is, they've figured out how to bring the AS400 into a cloud environment. And they're they're making the investment in, in that AS400 infrastructure so that other companies can start getting away from their own refreshes. Sure. So there's a handful of companies out there that will source in some of our key ones. We're going to bring Rackspace to bear at the beginning of most conversations because Rackspace has managed services in depth, not just for their own, but they they've also have agreements with Microsoft and agreements with AWS to bring their managed services to those platforms. That's a little different than if we hired a couple people and said, Hey, you figure out how to be an AWS expert. Well, that's just AW, me doing that on myself, right? AWS is a complicated environment now. I it mean, can you, be. You go in there, and there's a ton of stuff you can do. You bet. So how do you? So how do you guys deal with it from from that standpoint of walking the customer through it from the very beginning? Do you guys own that? Do they own the administration? I, I imagine it depends on the implementation. It absolutely depends on the implementation, but certainly walking them through that is exactly where our key benefit for them is going to be. We're going to help them decide. Okay, do I do I do this on my own with my internal staff? Well, if you've got folks that have in-depth knowledge in that environment, sure, you've already got the investment there. But if the answer is no, we don't, fine. We can still help you get there. And here's here's how that support looks like. Sure. To include, you have these resources, but they're really an extension of your team if that's how you want to implement them, where they can be collaborative. Okay, is there a premium on that? Usually, you're paying a little bit more, but you're usually just paying that premium on the server. And in in my ideal situation, the the where I'm most familiar, you can bring those services to bear through the cost on your servers. And I'm primarily talking about Rackspace here. Sure, sure. But Rackspace supporting all those different environments, right. the AWS and the Azure included. And you're just paying a little bit more and you're getting a wealth of people behind it. You're getting in-depth knowledge in Linux, in Windows, and networks, Cisco, firewalls, uh, load balancers, F5. I can't. And my proxy bid role, it makes no sense for us to hire an F5 specialist. Right. But we need F5s. That part, that partner does that for me. I don't, I don't pay fees per hour for when I need them. It's just part of it. They're their support. They are my F5 team. Yep. So anyway, we, we can walk through that yeah. scenario for anybody's business and break that down. What do you find? Um, you, you get customers that they've tried to do this themselves. Uh, and Certainly. They, and they, they, they've Certainly. got a bunch of wound up in it. You bet. Certainly some of the, the most common thing right now is folks that, well, I went and tried that. And I don't, I don't like that platform because I did this and it didn't work well. Well, it's sort of a you get what you pay for scenario. If you go to any one of the platforms that we've been talking about and you do their low cost entry level all on your own because you like that 13 cents an hour, boy, that rate sounds great. Well, it is great if you've got all the pieces and parts and the talent to manage it, then it's fantastic. Problem is most of the folks that do that, they think they're going to get this done shortcut. They have no idea what the workloads really look like and they set up the really cheap environment and then they're mad because it didn't work out. Right. Well, it's not really that service provider's fault. 
then again, it is, it is as well. There's a conversation that didn't happen between that customer and the provider. And we're here to help make sure that we bridge that gap. If yeah. you've already invested, we can help you fix that. Maybe you need to uplift and go, or maybe we just need to retool it just a little bit and make right. it right. Do you think that's the biggest misconception about cloud computing is that it's easy to do yourself? Or are there others out there when you when you come across, you know, how people are perceiving cloud computing, are there other bigger problems than trying to run the infrastructure myself? Certainly, there's, there's con certainly concerns with how easy or hard it is, how secure or not secure it can be, how compliant, if maybe I need HIPAA so I can't ever go to cloud. Not true. If you have certain compliances, that's fine. We just need to know about them and you have to implement things in a certain way. High compliant, you better know where your data is. Well, you might have to have dedicated storage. What do you mean dedicated? I mean the cloud. Well, yes, but it can still be a dedicated service for the right workload. You're not gonna be able to do those high compliance stuff on the 13 cents an hour right. servers. Now maybe, maybe some of the front end pieces are out there but your core is probably gonna need some extra uh, care. Yeah, and that's where you would go to a vendor that would provide, that may provide that on-prem or off-prem dedicated you bet. type service to get it done. And so you can broker out those kinds of- Absolutely. Those kinds of solutions. Hey, uh, I know we, you're here on Midwest. Let's talk proxy vid no for problem. just a second though. You bet. You guys are growing like crazy. It's a great story. It's a great Omaha story. You bet. We see it popping up on Silicon Prairie News all the time. What's it like to, What's it like to be the leader of that from an IT perspective from your from your side? Sometimes it's a little nerve-wracking. I have a little more gray than I did before. I'm thinning out a little bit more than I did had five years ago. Uh, of course, I have young teenagers at this point. That, that might be some of that as well. Yeah, but they, they uh, tend to do that. Yes. Too bad you can't outsource that part of parenting sometimes, right? Yeah, but that would, that'd be a lot to miss, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would be. It would be. So it's it's exciting. There's lots of stuff going on. Um, just this Friday. Saturday was looking to be a huge day. I'm walking along, CEO and SVP ops is sitting in a conference room and they're, come over here. I'm like, are we good for Saturday? Yeah, why not? Well, huge day, lots of big providers selling lots of big assets, okay? Folks start to get a little nervous. There's huge opportunity. Well, if things are, get, if things are gonna get screwed up that day, Missed opportunity, big risk, right? right? right. Well, uh, because of what they've allowed me to do the last five years, the team I put together and the investment we've made across that infrastructure, certainly working with software and QA team and the business teams, but uh, they've, they've really bought into adopting the change management necessary to make sure, frankly, when they're starting to get concerned about this big Saturday, no big deal on the infrastructure side. Yeah. But it's the investment, right. the time ahead. That didn't just happen. It took a couple of years to really make the platform robust. And now we've had good, probably three really good years of good advancement in the yeah. product. But we put that structure in place. We're able to grow. Right. Um, well, well, two years ago, we interviewed you. I think it was yeah. two. And we, you were guys just coming off of a big sale of automobiles here in Nebraska. You bet. And that was that pushed as we interviewed you. That pushed your systems. It was it was interesting um, with the infrastructure you had to put in. It was out in the middle of nowhere in Nebraska. Correct. When you think about a few significant changes that you've made in the last two years from yes. that date to now, what do you think is the number one or one or two things you've done differently in your environment that you weren't doing two years ago? Sure. So we've been working on a big re-architecture project, a lot of new software. Well, 
the past couple of years have had a lot of attention to how do we transition from the old architecture, get into the new, but you, you can't drop what's working right now. Yeah. So there's been a lot of effort at, okay, I got to start having two of these things out there, the new one, and we got to keep the old one up. How do we do that and keep the data where it needs to be? So lots of work with the architects and the, the lead software folks and product to manage that transition. A lot of work going on in, going on in that. Um, the benefit to that over time, once we get this transition done, and we've got a good start. A couple of years from now, we should be super nimble. The car auction from a couple of years ago, the Vanderbrink auction, uh, that was the auctioneer. Mm -hmm. um, that event, we had to upgrade physically the entire platform with about a five week notice. We pulled it off. In the future events like that, once we get the re-architecture done, we'll be able to plug in nodes to spin up, spin them up for 10, 12 hours and take them offline. Yeah. Some folks would say, well, wait a minute, that's standard cloud. That's been there from day one. Like, well, the cloud's been ready for years, but our own architecture has not. Making Kind of making a connection back to Midwest right. Cloud Computing here. Yeah. Lots of folks haven't figured out, wait a minute, I have that legacy architecture. How do we make that transition? It's exactly what we're walking through now. We're already a couple of years into it. We have a nice roadmap and we're moving that direction. Now it's exciting. Any exciting auctions coming up? You mentioned last Saturday, but are, are those those car auctions becoming the norm for you guys uh, in your growth? And uh, what, what do you see in that's coming up? So we've, we've had some new partnerships. Uh, we had a partnership with uh, some folks. We did one big auction in New York from them with them. Uh, that was, I believe that was back in November. That was a great event. Uh, Similar from an exposure perspective, but different as far as the content. The cars in New York were uh, top of the line. Uh, they weren't brand new old cars like the Vanderbrink event, but these were high-end Ferraris and Rolls-Royce. Very neat, uh, almost like an art gallery environment. Uh, we're going to be doing some more of those. Uh, the next one's coming up with in, in June with a different partnership. It'll be uh, The Finest Automobiles, thefinest.com. Uh, that's going to be a big event carrying on going forward. We've also got the partnership with eBay that, that's uh, still getting arranged. Hopefully, we'll have some live auctions out there with eBay here, uh, maybe third yeah. quarter. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's where that's coming in. Uh, we're really looking forward to that. That's going to be a whole different change. And the benefit for, for us, obviously, is exposure. Yeah. Uh, eBay has much more eyes on the system than our market, but our marketplace is bringing much higher dollar uh, yeah. items. Specialized. Right. right. And they're yeah. looking for that. How do they bring massive amounts of high dollar items to the to the eBay platform? So no, we're really looking cool. for that to come together. That's very cool. I was wondering how long it would be before that kind of partnership took place uh, with eBay, just because it fits so well. Yeah. But you do it so much better than they do. Uh, the live side, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, for sure. The live side and the better, maybe the better quality. More right. It's it's it, these are these are boutique items that you guys. Right. And generic, you know, from a from a money perspective, your average eBay item is somewhere between thirty eight, somewhere maybe fifty dollars, somewhere in that range. Our average items is more thousands of dollars. Right. Um, last Saturday, the average on Saturday was probably several hundreds of thousands. We were selling lots of heavy equipment on Saturday. So oh, nice. depending on the day you're looking at that metric, yeah. it's pretty 
pretty interesting. Yeah. Day of the week still matters for you guys in a lot of ways. I mean, is they that, do. It does it. So it's still a traditional style where you would gather people together on a weekend. Uh, but the, the internet hasn't changed that then. It's still no. day of the week central. And interestingly, the heavy construction and ag equipment, it's Thursdays and Saturdays. Okay. Why Thursdays? I have no idea. It just is what it is. <laughs> Maybe that's the way it's always been. Yeah, I, th I think so. I, and you it, know, interesting. Somebody probably knows why, but I don't. Well, it's probably a traditional model we'll put on top of sure. uh, a new model, and it just sticks, right? Those, sure. Those customers are used to you looking bet. for those things. The States was the same way. It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday in you some bet. cases, right, from that standpoint. Now, there, there are some new new activities going on abroad. We've had some folks in uh, office out of London for a couple of years now. We've, we've started to have some business uh, coming together there. We've had some folks in uh, uh, Asia. We've... We've hired a salesperson in Tokyo or in Japan. I don't know for sure that's Tokyo. It might be yeah, Tokyo. Yeah. Um, I should check on that. <laughs> but uh, we've we've had some events come about over there, and that's that's great. No, that now, great. what's interesting, those seem to not necessarily be the Thursday heavy Thursday right, Saturday. Right. It's a different culture. It's a different place. So that model may not fall in line. Yeah. No, it's just it's interesting. I think as we look at what the old model was, and you guys have just kind of brought a new way to an old model and it may be years before that changes right you bet. It, it could mondays could eventually be the day right you bet. people come back into the office and they're going to go after this high-end equipment why not on mondays but sure interesting hey when we think about the problems of cloud computing and we think about you know what do you see as the biggest challenge still out there as we look to the future of cloud computing what, what hurdle do we still need to overcome to really see it take off and, and be what it can be. I, I still see probably the biggest hurdle for companies in general is belief <laughs> yeah. that they can do it and not lose the piece that's the most important to them. And every company is different. Sometimes it's security. Sometimes it's the hands-on administration. And there's all kinds of pieces and parts in between. And it's something they're afraid to lose. And in most cases, it's a false hurdle. Yeah. It's, it's, all, it's all in their head, so to speak, because... The decision to move forward is the how. How do I move forward without losing that part that's so important to me? It can be done. It just has you just have to walk through and figure that right, out. Right. And security is a big problem. We were talking with Teresa about that. How with Midwest, how does that change as a customer? How does that change my security profile by using, you know, by using the pros instead of me setting this up, using the pros to set it up? Well, there's a couple ways to look at how does that change it. Some of the changes, the capital expense that you don't have to put in. Sure, you're still going to pay for it somehow, but it's not capital. You're not investing in in systems, physical systems that are going to be obsolete in 18 months. Let the professionals do that. They already have a model. They can swap that stuff out as, as the place grows. Most companies, unless you're super large, but even them, even the super large companies are very interested in, well, how can I minimize my capex? Right. So... That's that's one change. So you got you got the finance side of it. You got the organizational side of it. If you bring all that in-house, you're gonna have to have a great big team of security specialists in this scenario. Well, do you is is your business about training up security specialists? Well, if it is, that makes sense. For everybody else, let somebody else who's doing that. Because most security issues. In a given day, if you have a partner, that partner is going to be handling issues all day long, but for different folks. You're going to be handled along the way. And if you have a breach, it's going to be heavy. And you'll have plans for that if you have the right partner because they will take you through, if this happens, what do we do? If this happens, what do we do? And, and the way companies 
stay ahead of it is they have those discussions before things happen. Yeah. I'm going to steal an idea that I've heard from many people. I don't know where it originated, but there's two kinds of companies in, in the world. Those who have been breached and those who have not yet been breached. It's going to happen. Sure feels that way. Yeah. It? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Well, Chance, thanks for taking a few minutes to come by. And, you bet. And in your panel today, what are you hoping? Is it open? Are you guys going to get up there and, and just kind of take questions? Or what are you hoping to get through in your panel? So we've got a series of questions. We're hoping to leave 15 or so minutes at the end for, for audience questions. But we have a handful of questions, frankly, talking about a lot of stuff you asked me right oh, good, here. Good. So we'll get into the depths of that. Uh, and we've got... Uh, I've got a stand-in here today. Manny Cueveda is on the list, but he's not going to be here today. We're going to have uh, John Grange from Laird Eye is going to set in for Manny. Okay. We have Dustin Traeger from Microsoft Azure. Mm -hmm. uh, Dustin worked for me prior at ProxyBit, and then we worked together at West in the past. Sure. And then uh, we have James O'Neill, uh, VP and CIO, CTO of uh, First National Technology oh, Services. Great. Great. So looking forward to that discussion. Good, good. Well, it should be good. What time is it at? That is at uh, 3.30 in uh, Dapper 1, I believe. Yeah, so Dapper the, 1 at the end of the day here. they We went from two days to one, and yeah. then they spread the one day out quite a bit. So pretty good. If you're watching live, thanks again for doing this. Thanks a lot. If you're thanks, watching folks. live, hang tight. We will, uh, let's see, we have another interview coming. No, we actually have a break, and we'll be back, I think, at 12.30. But look on the schedule there, and if you're just catching this video on YouTube, siliconprairienews.com slash live. Chance, thanks again. Appreciate thanks a lot. It.